0: Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, hi Rockbrook. Thank you so much for joining us again this week for our second online service. Uh, Last weekend we had over 1,000 households uh, experience our first online weekend service and some were experiencing Rockbrook for the very first time. And so we warmly welcome you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We even had a couple of people let us know uh, that they were beginning trusting in Jesus Christ uh, for the very first time. And so I just to picture homes across our community right now, uh, thanking God for that, celebrating that, amen, praise God, he's still saving, uh, he's still working powerfully in people's lives. And uh, of course, I loved seeing uh, just some feedback that we got through the app and the communication card and uh, prayer requests and different things like that and it's just my honor to be praying for you and I've been praying for our community. I've been praying for our governing leaders. Uh, I had the honor of being on a conference call earlier this week with Missouri Governor Mike Parson and many senior pastors uh, from across the state on that call and Governor Parson and his staff asked for prayer and gave some uh, direction and you know these times with social distancing and limiting contact and stay home orders. Um, we're really being encouraged to uh, set an example as a church and and then be there for, be there for people. But uh, that looks a little bit different in these days. Of it's a little bit more case by case, individual to individual, identifying needs and then uh, getting those with people who can meet those needs. And of course, the church meeting those needs. So we're uh, down a path of doing that and figuring all of that out. And But I loved that when asked what the number one thing the church can do to help Missouri in this time, Governor Parson said that the number one thing we can do to help is give people hope. People are fearful. He said at the end of the day, and I completely agree, men will have a part in solving all of this, but it's through faith that we get through this. So I wanna give you hope today. I wanna offer you hope today. Uh, so that you can have some hope to give other people. But your hope is really only as solid and unchanging as the thing that you look to. You know, when people are out at sea in a boat, and the waters are getting choppy, and maybe they're feeling seasick, they are encouraged to fix their eyes on something solid and unchangeable, like the horizon. When a dancer does pirouettes or other spinning dance moves, uh, there's a technique called spotting where they turn their head at a different rate uh, to allow them to look at something solid and unmovable for as long as possible. These techniques are true for pilots and race car drivers and many other things where people are very conscious about exactly what they are looking to and what they are fixing their eyes on. And conscious about what they will not look to. And when everything else is changing, people look for stability in their lives. So the question then becomes, is there anything in this world that is permanent? Is there anything that is reliable and never changes? And as we live in a world that is just filled with continual change, is there something that we can look to? I mean, can you imagine how much different this social distancing would look like just even 10 years ago? I mean, we're experiencing change all the time, and technology has brought us things like smartphones and smart TVs and apps and things that we barely had or even understood just a decade ago, and some of those changes have been positive. Of course, some have been negative, and we still have to balance our connectivity and balance all of that in this season. But either way, too much change creates stress and anxiety in our lives. You know, it'll be amazing to just see the difference in the news and the changes in our society from the time I am recording this to when you are watching it. But I am fully confident that What I'm preaching today, it's reliable. It won't have to be rewritten, rescinded, recanted, or re-recorded. Regardless of the changing circumstances, this message will stand. Because what I'm teaching you today is unchangeable. Is there anything that is really that reliable and that consistent and never changes? Yes, the answer Uh, is in James chapter one, verse 17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change. He does not change like shifting shadows. I love this in another translation in the Phillips. It says, with God, there is never the slightest variation or shadow of inconsistency. You know, we're in a series about what God is like. We've been studying the attributes of God, and we've studied his omniscience, his omnipotence, his omnipresence. This week I want to look at what is called God's immutability. And what does that word mean? That that word just simply means, if you're taking notes, write this in, that God never changes. He is always the same. He's always been, he always will be, and because he's perfect, He can't get better, he can't get worse. Therefore, he'll never change. Now, because we are imperfect, uh, we do change. And everything else in creation changes except for God. You know, we've talked about the changes going on around us, but have you noticed that, have you noticed the fact that you, yourself, are constantly changing? The other night I was showing my, three-year-old boy, uh, some family pictures on my phone and, and we got into some older pictures and uh, he took the phone at one point and he looked at me and he looked at the picture and he looked back up at me and said, dad, you've changed. And the reality is I told him, buddy, we're all changing. We're all changing all the time. And we always change in the way we act and the way we think and the way we, we look, the way we talk. But God never changes. In Malachi 3, 6, God just says it plainly. He says, I the Lord do not change. And so we're going to take a moment, a Selah moment, and reflect on this. You know, in this series, we've just been taking, taking a beat, taking a moment uh, before we make it all about us to worship God for who he is. And we're going to pause and just simply think on this and absorb this and reflect on this and then worship the only one with immutability and that is God he never changes it's it's Jesus Christ Christ and his message never changes in Hebrews thirteen eight, come on re- read this one out loud with me it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever Today, I want us to look at how God's immutability uh, can stabilize us in the midst of all these changes that we are experiencing. And so we'll focus on three things about God that never change. And they're going to add stability. They're things that that we can look to uh, as a solid reference point in our life, in the waves, in the storm, in the chaos, and everything else. They're things that you can always... Count on and stay focused on in an ever-changing world. If you're taking notes, the first one that never changes about God is God's love for me. It never changes, and I need to remind myself of that. And you probably need to be reminded of it too. And the reality is, the people around you need to be reminded. We all need to be reminded of this fact that we were created to be loved by God. You are an you are an object of God's love. God's love is consistent and it's continual. And one of the reasons we get frustrated in relationships is because things change. People change. People are fickle and they change from one day to the next. How often have you heard, or maybe you've even thought this, you're not the man I married, or you're not the woman I married, or Uh, people will say, my sweet child has become this rebellious teenager. I don't even recognize this person anymore. And it's because we're unpredictable, we're inconsistent, and it, it causes stress in our life. But watch this from Romans 8, a powerful expression of God's love. It asks, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if We have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or even threatened with death. And then the Apostle Paul quotes from the Psalms is the part in the Psalms where it says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. What he's saying is that that Even in the face of persecution or, or dying for Christ, that it, does it mean he no longer loves us? And say this little two-letter word with me. Does it mean he no longer loves us? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Here's the point. If you're taking notes, just write this in. I never need to, need to doubt God's love. The point is, I never need to doubt it. No matter what happens, no matter what I do, no matter what I feel, God's love for me never changes. I can look to the cross. I don't measure God's love for me by the circumstances around me. I measure it by the cross. And I pray that you, Rockbrook Church, would come to understand how high, how wide, how deep, how strong, how powerful, how long God's love is. It goes on in verse 38 and says, And I am convinced that nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing, nothing can separate us. It goes on to say, No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you need this reassurance today? Have you wondered if God still loves you and still loves us? You know, you can go to bed tonight, get up tomorrow morning, and a lot has changed. But one thing that I can guarantee has not changed is God's feelings for you and God's love for you. You know, some days, I don't think I love anybody. My wife, my kids, myself, my friends, I'm grumpy, cranky. I get frustrated that things have not gone as planned. And I just don't love anybody. But God never has those bad days. He's never moody or fickle. He's always consistent. You know, we always get into trouble when we doubt God's love. So when tragedy strikes or when we, when we pray and we don't get an immediate answer or when things don't go our way, just remember that God's love for you has not changed one bit. This is a stabilizer in life. It's something I'm calling you to look to in the midst of all the change. The second thing that never changes about God is God's word never changes. You know, the Bible is not the easiest thing to read. Uh, There's numbers by uh, each verse, and it's split up into sections. And uh, sometimes a a book of the Bible is titled after the author. Sometimes uh, the book of the Bible is titled after the audience to which it's written. And it can be uh, hard to understand at times. But what you find as you learn God's word and you learn some of those things about God's word, is that you see that God's word is unchanging. The overarching story, the, the accounts, the principles, they're all timeless. The Bible is always fresh. That's why when I come to preach to you, I want to use a lot of Bible, because I want it, the message to be relevant in your life. And the Bible is always relevant. It's always up to date. It's never obsolete. You know, anything that man writes eventually becomes obsolete. It becomes dated. You know, at the rate of scientific discoveries, uh, by the time a science textbook is, is printed, uh, much of it is, is already questioned or outdated. Whatever man writes eventually changes. This is why therapies and education techniques and uh, a lot of science, everything else is always changing. Man's ideas don't last. It's that simple. So we need to build our life on something much more stable, much more permanent, permanent, and unchangeable—an unchangeable thing rather than a current fad or a current therapy or a current thing. Psalm one nineteen says, "Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever." That when you study God's word, just like this psalmist, you can say, "You know, I've learned that these last forever." The Bible is still around. It has stood the test of time because his word never changes. The message is timeless. Much like God's laws for the universe are timeless. When he made the whole universe, uh, he established some universal laws. They never change. uh, They never have. They never will. And so the the reason we can study is because things are predictable. So we can study some verifiable facts of life and physics Uh, That just simply do not change. In fact, the physical laws are evidence of a God, of a creator who is unchanging. Just as God established the universe to operate on physical laws, there are also moral laws. There are also spiritual laws that God has set up uh, that we just cannot ignore because they don't change. If we ignore them, we have chaos. We have chaos in our lives, we have chaos in society. Do you remember when you were a kid and you'd be playing a game with another kid and they would just keep changing the rules? The, ch- the rules were just constantly changing as you would play. How can you ever win at a game like that? God doesn't do that. He doesn't play games like that. And the only way you can win in life is to play by the rules that he set up, that we're all playing by. God has established some laws, principles, commands in his word, principles in his word, That do not change. They are absolutes. There are some things that will always be right. There there are some things that will always be wrong. It's not a matter of opinion. And contrary to popular opinion. uh, God doesn't invent new rules for every generation. Uh, He's established them to last forever. But this is how the enemy tempts us. Temptation. it, It really comes down to this. It's simply this. The enemy comes and he says what he said in Genesis 3.1. Did God really say? Temptation is getting us to question God's word. At the first temptation, Satan asked Eve, did God really say you couldn't eat that? He's getting Eve to question what God has said. And today, our enemy still does this but he has put a little twist on temptation because we have God's word right in front of us. We can go and see what he has said and what he has not said. There's a little bit of a twist to this, and the phrase you'll hear over and over again is, well, that's your interpretation. When you you go to a stop sign, when you're driving your car, you come to a stop sign, how do you interpret that stop sign? We all interpret it the same way, S-T-O-P. It could only mean one thing. There's no interpretation needed there. And the fact is God's word is not changed. It's, It's immutable, just like God is. And the Bible is full of God's ways for life, God's ways for money, for sex, how to be saved, what happened in history, what will happen in the future. And they are solid. I love how Jesus said this, and he said it through a story and and says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, just like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus said, there's two ways to build a house. You can build it on sand or you can build it on rock. And if you don't build it on a solid, a solid foundation, the whole building will eventually start to tilt and it will fall over with a mighty crash. Just like that house, there's two ways to build your life. You can build it on something soft, changeable, or something solid and unchangeable. And you've got to have a solid foundation for your life. And God is saying that if you build your life on today, on what's popular, on what feels good feels good today, on popular podcasts or streaming or social media, popular opinion, you're you're building your life on shifting sand. And you're going to have an unstable life when the changes of life come and when the winds of life blow. Because those changes are inevitable. If you want to have stability when the stresses of times like these come, you've got to build it on something that never ever changes. God's love for me never changes. God's word never changes. It will always be the right thing to do. It may seem hard. It may seem uh, unreasonable, unpopular, but it's the right thing to do. And boy, does that simplify my life? Does that simplify your life? Instead of asking, who should I believe? I mean, how many of you believe everything you see and everything you hear and everything you read in the news right now? You know, this week, I read two articles back-to-back, both by journalists, both by journalists working for the same company, both having scientific research. The articles were completely contrasting in every way. And the reason I'm not even going to mention the content is that it's already, all of it is already out-of-date information. What am I supposed to believe? And so I asked myself, Why do we spend more time filling our minds with the TV or or reading the news or something we don't believe than filling our mind with the things that we do believe and that we know will last? God's word and God's ways. It just doesn't make sense. Now, should I shut out all of that other stuff completely? No, it's good to be aware of what's happening around us, of course. But the point is simply this, if you're taking notes— I will fill my mind with scripture. I will fill my mind with the unchangeable word of God. That I don't listen to the advice of my friends for right and wrong because they may be just as wrong as I am. But I build my life on something that will never, never change. And it's consistent. It will be consistent 50 years from now. It'll be consistent Forever. What's a good action step for this one? How can I do this? If you wanna have more stability in your life when you're under stress, a great action step is to memorize scripture, verses from the Bible. Start filling your mind with things that will never change. And when you're wondering what to do in a situation, when you're wondering what to believe, when your faith is being attacked, when you don't know what to think, God will put those verses, pop those verses in your mind and you will recall God's unchangeable word. Because we don't always have a Bible with us. We don't always know where to go. And it's good to have those things inside of us. I'm working on memorizing the verses from Romans 8 that we read earlier. I wonder if you'd, if you'd join me. Jesus set an example of this. Is that When he was tempted, he didn't have to go look in a Bible. He had the word ready to go. And he would fire back at the enemy, fire back at temptation, what God's unchangeable word says. And we've got to build our life on this rock. Let me give you one more thing about God's word that never changes. And that's the third thing. God's purpose for my life never changes. God's purpose for your life will never change. No matter what happens to you or in you or through you, God's purpose never, never changes. Can I tell you, God is at work in human history, even now. History is really His story, it's God's story. Many people ask, What is the world coming to? Let me tell you what the world is coming to. It's coming to the very climax that God has planned from the very beginning. I'm not sure what all that involves, but I know that it's His plan. It's coming to a planned climax. The Bible says that nobody knows exactly when. Only the Father who's in heaven knows. And many people are saying that the time we are in right now, that this is it, this is the end. And we don't know that. The Bible doesn't give us a time. It does give us some signs that we can look to. And while we don't know when the end is, those signs are a good reminder for us to prepare for Christ to return. It's wise to prepare for Jesus uh, to return right now. That's what the New Testament encourages us to do, even when times are good. And fortunately, fortunately I'm on the winning side. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and a follower of Jesus, you're on the winning side too. And it's inevitable that when all of this comes to a climax that we get to we can be assured that we are on the winning side. His purpose remains. Look at this in Psalm thirty-three, eleven. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Do your plans ever change? How, how often do they change? Have you ever asked yourself why your plans have to change so often and change so much? Let me give you two reasons. One is because you don't have the perspective or foresight to know everything that's going to happen. So when you get more information and know something different, it changes your plans. And of course, we're all in this phase right now. If we have, we're operating on new information than we had six months ago, four months ago, four days ago. And as we get new information, plans change. That's one reason our plans change. The other reason your plans change is because you actually don't have the power to implement the changes you had intended to do. Uh, We run out of time, we run out of money, we run out of energy, effort, whatever it is. So your plans change. But since God is omniscient, he knows everything. And since he's omnipotent that God has all power, His plans never change. They stand firm forever. So, okay, what does that mean for my life? If God created me and loves me and has a purpose for me, uh, what does this mean for my life? Write this in. Here's the point. God does not have a plan B for my life. God does not have a plan B for your life. Think of the biggest mistake you've ever made. Then think of the biggest sin you've ever committed. Think of the biggest opportunity you missed out on. Think of the thing you regret the most. Think of the biggest disappointment you've ever had. Do you think God knew those things would happen in your life when he created you? He knew those things in advance. He did, and he still went through with creating you, and he still has a plan. Romans 8.28 says it this way, And we know... That God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Good or bad, God can somehow, in only the ways that he can, turn everything around and bring good out of them. That means no matter what happened in your life, the plan, the destination is still plan A. It's like when you're driving in your car and you've got GPS telling you turn by turn where to go, but maybe you're in a wrong lane or you you make a wrong turn. What does that GPS do? It doesn't give up, it doesn't shut down, it doesn't uh, leave you to just uh, drive for yourself. No, what does it do? What's the word it gives you? Recalculating. It's recalculating how to get to the destination. You made a wrong turn, but it's not giving you a new destination. God has not changed his mind about his purpose for you. God's purpose for your life has not changed. God knows everything that's going to happen in your life and he's fitting it all together, working it all for good. Even the mistakes, even the sins that we commit, the the wrong things, that God can teach us from those things. Does he celebrate those things? No. He wants us to cooperate with plan A. But we can still learn from those things and learn many good lessons. In fact, this just encourages me to cooperate with the plan. To surrender to the plan. To stop fighting God on the plan. To cooperate with God and build my life around him. And surrender to him and say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm done resisting. I'm done fighting. Because your purpose is going to stand forever anyway. So I'm following you. What is God's purpose and plan for your life? God's plan uh, is that you will always have job security and you'll have a fully funded emergency fund and you'll have health and wealth for all your family. And in the midst of a chaotic world, you'll never have to worry about the future. You'll have no shortages. You'll have no trouble. You'll have no problems. Now we all know that that's not God's purpose and plan for our life. Yet sometimes when those things don't work out the way we wanted them to, we doubt God's purpose and plan for us. But he never said that was the purpose. He never said those things were the plan. Here's God's purpose for us. Write this down if you're taking notes. God's purpose for mankind is to make us like Jesus Christ. To make us like Jesus you know, right after Romans eight twenty eight, where God is working all things together for good, it says that God's plan for your life is to become like Jesus Christ, to be conformed into his image. I put several other verses here that, that give us that plan, that, that we would learn to think like he thinks, to feel like he felt, to act like he acts, to become like Christ. How can I cooperate with this plan? I can tell you where it begins. It begins with salvation. Something else that has never changed in God's plan is salvation. For 2,000 years, there's only one way to get to know God. The series is called Getting to Know God, and the one way that we can get to know God is through Jesus Christ, his son. Jesus said, I am the way. I'm not a good way, the best way, uh, one of the ways. No, I am the way, one way. And his plan has never changed. God's invitation to you has not changed. He wants you to come to him and establish a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. In Romans 10, verse 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be assured of it. You will be saved. You don't have to question it. And in your life, between now and whenever you die, however long that is, you will experience many stressful changes in your life. Uh, Pandemics, economic crisis, health problems, and everything else. How are you going to respond to those changes? You can't prepare for them because they're not predictable. You don't know what they're going to be, so how are you going to handle them? What's the source of stability in your life? I want to give you three things to remember when you're under stress. And these aren't new. I just want to, before we leave today, recap uh, these three absolute facts that can become spiritual anchors for us in our changing world. And that is number one, God will never stop loving me. God will never stop loving you. Uh, You're not going to always understand uh, everything that's going on around you. But no matter what happens, he's acting in love toward you. Number two, God's word is always right. The advice here, the things to do, the principles in the Bible, even if they're unpopular or unpleasant, it's right. It's God's word. That's a stabilizer. And number three, God's purpose for my life is bigger than my problems. Problems cannot change God's purpose. It has not changed God's purpose for your life, and it will not change what God wants to do in your life. Psalm 125 verse one says, those who trust in the Lord are as steady as Mount Zion, unmoved by any circumstance. That's what I call stability, being unmoved by any circumstance because we trust in our God. Let's pray together. Well, I wonder if you're feeling uptight or uncertain about your future. And I wonder if you feel like you're caught in a storm or in some situation where everything is changing and you don't have anything solid to look to. or You don't have anything rock solid to build on. I just invite you to surrender to God to surrender to these three things, to pray them to him. Say, God, I believe that you love me. I accept your gift of love through your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I I commit myself to learning and obeying your unchanging word. God, I want to follow it. Stand on it. Be under it. Even when it's hard even when it doesn't feel like the right thing to do. And God, I commit myself to cooperating with your plan for my life. I surrender to it. Help me uh, to learn from the mistakes that I've made. God, please redeem these things in my life. Work them all together for good. Please forgive my sins. I want to trust in Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today.